Good morning. morning everybody good morning good morning happy monday happy 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 monday that tastes good today's labor day you guys i don't know if it's celebrated internationally we're gonna do some interesting, I I don't know if I did this last year, but for a while, my ears are plugged up. For a while, I was doing the history of the holidays last year. I don't recall doing Labor Day, um, but watch <laughs> my history uh, or my memories today, watch a video pop up about it. So I'm just going to give a rundown because I like to go through the history of the holidays. Um, Labor Day pays tribute to the contributions and achievements of American workers and is traditionally observed on the first Monday in September. It was created by the labor movement in the late 19th century and became a federal holiday in 1894. Wow, that was a long time ago. That was over 100 years ago. Labor Day weekend is also symbolized as the end of the summer for many Americans and is celebrated with parties, street parades, and athletic events, and camping. I'm from North Dakota. It's the famous last camping weekend of the season. Um, we always used to go camping. I don't anymore. I don't know why. I don't know if I would still enjoy it like I used to. <laughs> Um, why do we celebrate? Well, why do we celebrate? History.com, why do we celebrate Labor Day? This is where I get all my information, you guys, when it comes to historical facts. I go to history.com. Um, so if anything is incorrect about what I'm saying, history.com is where I'm getting the information. Um, Labor Day is an annual celebration of workers and their achievements. Um, originated during one of American labor history's most dismal chapters. In the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution in the United States, the average American worked 12-hour days and seven-day weeks in order to eke out a basic living. Wow, can you imagine? Seven days a week, 12 hours a day. That's half of your life working to pay bills. Despite restrictions in some states, children as young as ages five to six toiled in mills, factories, and mines across the country, earning a fraction of their adult counterparts' wages. People of all ages, particularly in the very poor and recent immigrants, often faced extremely unsafe working conditions with insufficient access to fresh air, sanitary facility, and breaks so basically you know there was no 
filter on how companies treated their employees. It was about, again, greed and money. A lot of people may disagree, but the root of a lot of evil is greed and money, the desire for it, the pursuit of it. When you make money the thing you place above all else, the thing that you desire the most, the thing that you'll do anything for, you will step on others. You you don't care. There's no filter within you. You may not see it, but the drive to become rich will do something within the ego. And most people don't care about the comfort of others because the pursuit of money is the pursuit of happiness of self and what I can have for me. So when you are in the pursuit of making self happy, you don't care about others. That was a verse I got this weekend. I never used to think of, think of it. It's not that money itself has, you know, the power, but we give it the power. As flesh, we lose control. That's that lack of power or the loss of, not loss of, we're powerless over certain things in this world. And you, when you become mentally attached to the idea of pursuing money and success in the form of material things, you lose yourself and you fall into something darker than yourself. That's what addiction is. You lose yourself. God's so smart. The same way a person becomes addicted to substance, another person will become addicted to pursuing money. And that's no lie. It's an addiction. It's a mental addiction of self. What can I do to make myself feel better? What can I do for me? And you lose yourself in the process. And everything you do is attached to pursuing money or substance. And so you are no longer in control. Everything you do will surround that idea. Now think about it. Can't even see what I'm doing. This is your life. I've done this before, like a year ago. When you were in pursuit of money, things, okay, that could be a substance. Okay, think about this. Your job, it controls your job because you will work to make more money. You desire more money. You do your job in order to make money. It isn't about enjoying the job anymore. It's about money. The way you spend your money, okay? The idea, what you buy, it will all be controlled by the idea of you wanting things, okay? What else? Your personal life, your friends, the thoughts in your head, your heart. Everything will circle around this.
You will constantly be in thought. This will be your life. It will be consumed by what can I do to make more money? It's an addiction. You become mentally, physically, and emotionally addicted to pursuing money, things, whatever money can buy. It's the same as a substance abuse. I became emotionally, physically, and mentally addicted to the pursuit of consuming alcohol. It's the same with a person who is consumed by greed and the need to make money. All they do is think about. That's everything that consumes their life. What can I do? I need to make more money. How can I lower my payments in life but still have all these nice things? I want to have the best things in life for the least amount of money possible. Um, I want to create something that costs the least amount of money. I want to get it for cheap labor, but I want to stamp it and charge as much money as I possibly can to make as much as I can off of people. So you're making a cheap product, selling it for high dollars to unknowing consumers. What does that make you? Hmm? I know people who have had this mindset and it boggled me that you would make a less than par product because it saved you money but you wanted to charge as much as you could. And I'm sure there's somebody who's going to listen to this who's thought that. I want to think if I ever thought that. No, but I used to pursue money and the fact that I thought if I had enough money saved, that... Uh, if I had enough of this and I had enough of that, it would make me happy. So I spent my money according to that mindset. I always bought things on sale. God, why did we go this route? You always throw me for a curveball. I always bought things on sale. I never bought what I really wanted. Until the last couple of years, God has been working that out of me. The last, this summer even. It really started, really got embedded in me when I bought plants starting in May. It took a long time for me to wrap it around my mind to just buy what I wanted. Don't buy it because it's on sale. Buy exactly what I want because in the end, that's what's going to feed the soul. Do what your heart is calling you to do, not what... The idea of money drives you to do. Because see, I thought if I bought it on sale, I would save more money. And in the end, that would make me happy. But that just wasn't true. Anyway. Oh, I know why. We're talking about labor and companies nowadays. Companies nowadays still treat their employees like that. A lot of big companies do. That's why people are unhappy when they work for these big-time companies. Because they don't get treated and loved and valued the way they deserved. Okay. 
So all these people began organizing strikes against these companies. Many of these events turned violent during this period, including the infamous Haymark Riot of 19 or 1886, which several Chicago policemen and workers were killed. Others gave rise to long-standing traditions on September 5th, 1882. I can't talk. 1882, 10,000 workers took unpaid time off to march the city hall in Union Square in New York City, holding the first Labor Day parade in U.S. history. The idea of a working man's holiday celebrated on the first Monday in September caught on to other industrial centers across the country, and many states passed legislation recognizing it. Congress would not legalize the holiday until 12 years later. How amazing, you guys. Can you imagine if, I mean, I'm using Facebook now, but, you know, if you really wanted to make a movement, the world getting off Facebook for a week, that would be beautiful. Oh, I was just thinking of something. I'm taking a trip. I'm not bringing my phone. I'm really excited. I thought about that last night. Back to topic. So you guys, I just wanted to touch bases on Labor Day, where it got created. I don't know if all countries celebrate Labor Day. I think this is a United States thing. Um, I'm still working. I don't care. This is what I need to do to get where I need to go and I'll submit to God whatever he asks. So you guys, I'm not going to get into my mints for church. Um... I'm not going to get into the other book, Walking with God. I actually want to cover a verse, which is perfect timing. Thank you, God. You always are perfect timing. There's a couple of things I'm going to do this week that are, um, are just what God has put in my heart to do. That's the verbiage I want to use. Three... Oh, I love this. Anyway, oh, my hair's a different kind of soft. Okay, so you guys, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Did I write 5 and 6 in the... I don't know what I wrote. I didn't. Did I? I don't even know what I wrote anymore, you guys. Anyway, if I got it wrong in the description, that I got it wrong. It's early. I need... More to you. Now I'm starting to wake up. Now I'm starting to feel better. <laughs> Thank you, God. So you guys, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. Let me read that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Okay, you guys, part of me is laughing and smiling because I'm going to tell you what happened last week. And... Part of it's a little painful for me, but in the end it became very beautiful, which is a reflection of this verse, and that's why I wanted to do it today. Last week, as you recall, 
I prayed to God for patience. I didn't just say I was going to do it because here's the difference. For a while there, I was going, I need patience, God. And then at work, I would try to be patient. You know, I'd be like, I would get impatient. I'd be like, God, I know I need to be patient. And then I realized in a conversation with the bank ladies who I just love, okay? They go, they started talking about praying for patience. And I realized, okay, God, God, God will use people around you to direct your paths as well. And I realized in that moment when they said that, I'd never actually prayed to God for patience. Because see, only God can establish and enhance the character values within us. We cannot do it alone. If we try to do it ourselves, it will not last. When you see a lot of people, women, fake hair, fake eyelashes, makeup, fake boobs, fake butt, I just saw butt implant underwear. Blowing my mind, yes. Um, Look at what the world has become. We have to become fake to think we're enhancing. And the idea in a woman's mind in this is we're enhancing who we are. But that's just not true. We're becoming something fake. How do men do it? In the things around them, in their job, trying to be buff, in their vehicle, in their fake reputation, um, in how they make themselves look to others. They want to appear, you know, what they are not. They want to appear honest. They want to appear righteous. They say all the right things. See, women, we do all this visual stuff to our body. Men say a lot of words. I notice this. This is going to blow some people's minds, what I'm saying, because you're going to step back and realize, huh, women will alter our looks okay, on our body. We'll alter our body. The fake eyelashes, the fake hair extensions. I know people who can't go without their hair extensions, um, butt implants, breast implants, um, all of it is to alter and change our body because we think we're enhancing what's already beautiful but that's just not true because what we're doing is we're not happy with that part of ourselves so we change it and we think it makes us look better but we're truly saying we're not good enough the way we are so we need this thing to make us better and it just makes us feel worse because deep down inside we know who we truly are and we're not happy with that part of ourselves. So it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't. It'll never change you not liking that part of yourself that you needed to breast implants. I've had people try to tell me that I should get them. And not men. I've had women encourage me. I've said no. Because I had to learn to love that part of myself. True story. And there was a long time in my life I was very insecure about that part of my body. I chose that because that was that's the first thing that came to mind. And I la- I've finally become secure with this is who I am and I love this part of myself. Um, 
So when women get breast implants, what they're saying is, I don't like that part about myself, so I'm going to alter it. But deep down, it doesn't matter what you do. Because on the inside, you never dealt with the reason why you didn't love that part of yourself. That will always be there. So it doesn't matter what you enhance materialistically on your body. Until you've dealt with that inner issue of why you don't like it, that part of yourself, that inner ache and insecurity will always be there. Same thing with men. A lot of men, you see it, their reflection in their vehicles. Look at how they'll deck out their vehicles, the things they'll do to it, the things they'll try to do it, the rims, the decals, all of these things that try, it's, they can't enhance their body because it would look ridiculous for a man to get butt transplants or to get muscle implants. It would look absolutely ridiculous. I've seen some things, it's, (laughs) we won't get into that. But a man can only enhance the things around him. So it's usually the way he dresses, the way he speaks, his, the way he is at his job. He will have to use vocabulary and get very smart at manipulating the conversation to make himself look good because he hasn't dealt with those inner issues to be secure about himself. So he'll always have really nice things. He'll always be very controlled you know, but truly he's never dealt because insecurities are loud. He's never dealt with that inner self that makes him feel insecure. So he paints a picture of his life. Like women paint the picture of their bodies. Men will paint a picture of their life to make themselves look like they want to be instead of just loving themselves for who they are on the inside. That's why these altercations to the outside of our life never work because that insecurity of self will always be there until you face the reason why you're insecure, which usually comes from childhood trauma. I'm getting, okay, why I got on topic of that. Anyway, so I've been praying for patience. We got to get on topic. Friday, I kind of knew something was going to happen. I feel it. I feel the buildup. So at my job on Friday, my boss got really upset. And it wasn't just me. It was a lot of things piling up on her. Okay? But she took it out on me. Um, Well, she took it out on everybody. But I took it a little bit differently because I'm very in touch with my emotions now. Um, No, I didn't. I take that back. It triggered me differently, and I knew something was off because of the way I wanted to cry. I don't cry like that. Like it, it was like if I didn't cry soon, I was going to like burst out in the middle of talking to a customer. So I ended up making it until I got home, and I started bawling about it. Really, you guys, this happened. But in the midst of me bawling about the way my boss had handled the situation towards me because I had been fasting throughout the week you know leaning on to God I knew I needed to fast hadn't been doing certain things I began to see a reflection of myself and the way my boss treated me and how I treat some situations with my son 
my youngest son. And I'm not even kidding. God showed me a reflection of myself. And I began to see, now I stopped crying for myself and I realized what was really going on was God had to hurt me in a way that got me to feel the way I treated others. And I knew, I knew, you know, I would, I needed to work on this. This was the patience. I didn't have a lot of patience. You know, I was doing it the wrong way. But God needed to do something to really wake me up. And let me tell you, that got to me. And I cried. I was like, I can't believe. Now I really see it. Where I kind of saw it before, now I feel it. I had to dress it with my son. I had to dress it with God. And I had to change. Okay? This happened. So... When things happen in our life and we want to be the victim of circumstance, that's just not true. Everything that happens in our lives is for a reason. The things people do to us are for a reason. All of it. Every single moment. But the thing is, we want to be a victim because we're leaning onto our own understanding and we think it's happening towards us. They're doing this to me. God, look at this. I look back at the last year of my life and I wanted to be the victim, but then God showed me how he did it for me. And it brought something out of me that I couldn't see myself. It was a lack of love for self. And in the circumstances that were happening for me last year into this year, actually truly taught me, showed me how I didn't love myself and it taught me how to love myself. So this is what I mean about leaning not onto your own understanding, but onto God. You may think these things are happening to you and poor, poor me. I can't believe they did this to me. I can't believe this is happening. But truly in all things that happen in our life, God is trying to teach you something. It's not about the other person not about anything because now looking at it I realize God moved heaven and earth to kind of really upset my boss in a way where yes she was powerless and it was reflected on me in a way that I needed to see I kind of feel bad because she's she probably felt bad but I needed to see that see God will do those things all the time and most people won't see it because they want to deflect and blame the other person and they don't want to see their own behaviors. So in that, I spent all weekend reflecting on that. And it was a beautiful weekend. After, I mean, that was brutal. Listen, Friday was a little brutal. After that, I really just... That was a lot. Because I felt the pain. And I have to change. And I want to change. But I realized God was going to bring something out of me now. Now I was getting scared. Because I felt something else coming. And I asked God, is there something else that I'm not seeing about myself? <laughs> he goes, yes. And I'm like, is it going to be painful? And he, he made... 
he made the idea that it was going to open my heart. I thought it was going to be rip my heart open like this last thing that happened. I was like, oh. So all weekend, even though it was a beautiful weekend, it was a beautiful weekend. Yesterday was really beautiful. All weekend, I sat and turmoiled over this. There's something else in me that I'm not seeing about myself. So I started getting fearful. I was scared. I wasn't sure how God was going to do this. Like, was something, was something going to happen where I had to, you know really see a reflection on behavior from somebody else like this again I don't know if I could handle that and yesterday I just decided I was like God I don't care what it is I'm ready I just want to whatever it is in me I made the conscious decision that I was tired of these things I wasn't seeing within me and I wanted them gone all of them I want it gone I even put it I was like this week God I want them all all this week and it was in that moment that I realized the thing I had been fearing the most was fear of God loving me with his rod and staff you know I sh- I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil something else God will be there with his rod and staff with his rod and staff, a shepherd with his rod and staff is protection and guidance, just like what God's been doing with me. That's what we often fear the most. And I realized once I let go of that fear, this was not, I got way too lost on other things. Once I let go of that fear, that's what I feared the most. That's what I was worried about. That was my anticipation, was that fear. I don't know if this will make sense to some of you, but I'll explain it in a dream. I had a dream more than two years ago. Um, I was in jail, and in the dream I was walking around in my home, kind of like what I was doing yesterday. I was looking out my window going, ooh, God, you know, something's going to happen. How are you going to trigger me? Are you going to send somebody in my life that gets really angry and pissed off and in my face? I mean, what are you going to do? And I was sitting here going, oh man, it could be anything. Oh, I don't know if I want to deal with anything. I was like that. So in the dream, I'm walking around and I'm looking out the window and it's dark and I feel fear. And in my dream, I finally decide, you know what? I'm going to let go and I'm going to fall backwards into this fear that's following me because I felt it behind me. It was constantly following me like a black cloud. And I finally made the conscious decision in my dream to let go and to fall back into whatever this fear was in my dream. And when I let go and I fell back in the dream, God caught me. And it was like a poof, like this. And he gave me wings and I flew And I felt it. I felt the vibrating in my dream. I flew with so much love and strength and courage. I was, I flew out of the roof and I was flying. I remember this dream so vividly. And I snapped awake. 
and I felt God right there. I never understood that dream. I kind of understood it through different events that have happened since then, but I didn't truly understand it until last night. This whole time, God has been following me around, waiting for me to consciously decide to embrace all the love he can give me, which means guidance and openly deciding that I'm going to face these things that may come out of me and they might be ugly and they might be painful, but they've got to go. I've been scared of this. Essentially, I've been scared of God's love because that's God loving us. That's the most, that's the greatest love of all is him bringing these things that are not us any not part of us bringing it out so that we can let go and keep growing that's my greatest fear allowing God to love me I realize that too that's my greatest fear allowing God to love me through others I was scared of that I didn't want that but I finally let it go this weekend was beautiful you guys I can't even tell you how beautiful this weekend was I mean I can say it but the feelings and all the emotions. <sighs> so I consciously made the decision. And when I made that decision last night, it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I knew no matter what happened, it would be okay. So you guys, this gets really deep and we'll probably recap tomorrow because I've got to get ready for work. This is really deep. It was a lot last night. I was in meditation for a lot, a long, long time over this. And that dream finally came true. I've dwelled on that dream for a couple years now. I mean, I understood it, but I didn't understand it because the moment hadn't come. And now it finally came. So you guys, lean not onto your own understanding, but onto God's. Ask God why these things happen to you or are happening to you. Ask God. Don't just assume that poor me. They treat me this way because that's on them. Maybe there's something deeper in the way that people treat you. It's a reflection of self. Okay? You've got to give love to get love. So if you don't like the way people treat you, or if there are things that have happened and you feel like you're the victim, then you need to go to God and you need to ask him and be open to receive what he's going to show you. Because it's painful. Listen, if I hadn't been fasting and I hadn't been praying for patience, I wouldn't have seen what happened Friday the way it needed to be seen. But, you know, God already knew I would see it. I would have seen it like I would have went home, poor me, blah, 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 blah. That would have been old Christine. But I saw it. I saw it for what God was, what God wanted me to see it for. Not what I wanted to deflect and avoid so that I didn't have to see myself. So you guys, it's Monday. It's Labor Day. Eh, I really don't care. I really care. It's Monday. It's a beautiful day. <sighs> until tomorrow. I love you guys.